Welcome to the ACC Panic Room alongside Lauren Brownlow. I'm Joe Ovius. Have you ever been proud of your child the same way that Mike Shevsky seems to be proud of his large adult children on Duke? I mean, I just heard him read his first full sentence the other day, and it was, it's bow time off the one back of one of my Duke parking passes. I was that's, pretty like, I was That's a huge proud. moment. That, yeah, no, you know what? Like, That's a huge moment. I'm, with I'm you like, on did that. you just read that? And he goes, "Yeah." And I was like, "Buddy, That's good. That's good." <laughs> I kind of had a similar reaction when um, my ten-year-old, we had Green Day on on the stereo, and he started singing "Basket Case," the lyrics to "Basket Case," and I was like, "Oh, he knows classic rock." Shed a tear. Uh, that's kind of where <laughs> that's kind of where Mike Shashevsky is with this Duke squad, where the entirety of the regular season was about, you know, for lack of a better term, things that we really enjoy about the ACC, really petty little things here and there, last seasons, everything, you know, calling Shashevsky out on, oh, you know, I don't want to have things referenced as my last while everything was about his last. And the Carolina game obviously blew up in their face at Cameron Indoor Stadium. And then the ACC tournament was a little bit of a letdown, given how they lost in the title game to Virginia Tech. But I think, I, in reassessing the last five minutes of the Michigan State win, the curiosity that I had, similar to yours, was, okay, now that all that stuff is behind them, and now we're in the right. you lose, you go home, and everybody's essentially on equal footing, was the Michigan State light bulb with the last five minutes to go the moment where this duke team sort of gets it now everybody runs their own race right everybody runs their own race and i feel like it was in retrospect now that we saw that game against texas tech where they took every body blow that texas tech gave them and then they didn't miss a shot for eight minutes you know we talk about like it's funny too because we we talked about like north carolina got that win at cameron and you can't top that you know it'd be almost impossible to top that Mm-hmm. I think at a certain point, maybe Duke understood that too. And was just like, okay, yeah. I mean, what, what's the worst that could happen to us now? We lose in the NCAA tournament. Who cares? Duke right. players have lost. To, like once they got that Cal State Fullerton win, you know, I, I don't want to say it was all gravy because it's not, but at the same time, I wonder if they, I wonder if there's part of them that thought to themselves like, well, I mean, okay, we lose in the second round. What's the worst that could happen? We lose in the we just lost the last home game. Like, so I wonder right. if it works in reverse a little bit too. Right. Plus, like, it's like anything else. When you're in a slump or whatever, you're not doing as well as you normally do in something that you usually do well. You need to see it go well, like once. You need to do it well once, and then you can like remember that you can do it. And I think that that was part of what Duke did against Michigan State too, because this wasn't an issue with Duke earlier in the year. Like, no. At times, at times they had their issues closing out games, but like they still won close games at the beginning of the year. It became a thing, like middle to end. And yeah, it's almost like they had the muscle memory of like, oh right, we can still do this. We can, we can. The, the mental toughness gear kicked back in a little bit, and yeah, you know that's where they're at. The other thing too, I mean, it's easy to point out that Paolo Bancaro is hitting big shots or having big defensive moments, going back to the Michigan State game or a huge three against Texas Tech. Or that Mark Williams continues to quietly be one of their best players um, throughout the entire season. He's very important to what they're trying to do defensively down the post. But really, the the difference maker has been, can Duke get consistent enough guard play? And this is where Jeremy Roach has come in. Now, 
on the national stage of an NCAA tournament Sweet 16 game, people are yeah. now saying, man, Jeremy Roach has really come on. Except that this has been something that's been building for the last yeah. month and a half, if you've been watching Duke before the NCAA tournament. And it's good to see it actually kind of all come together with big shots there, too, at the end. Yeah, I think like Jeremy Roach, I mean, he hit the big shot against Michigan State, too, to put them up by mm -hmm. four or five or whatever it was. He has just been, I would argue that even when Duke was like not playing as well, that he still was and he was still playing with a lot of confidence, you know? Mm -hmm. It's interesting, though, that Duke is here without Trevor Keels having been a factor. Um, at, so, at some point, he will be a factor, you think. I hope so, because I think he's too good not to be. But I just, yeah. you know, he's pressed. This is what happens sometimes when you get into Coach K's doghouse, quote mm. unquote, right? And I'm not saying that as in like he doesn't like Trevor. I'm just saying it. You know, he said it the other day. He meant, he alluded to like switching shortstops in baseball or whatever it was. Right. Um, it, you know, it, it's not personal. Um, but at the same time, when he gets, it's like a cycle, right? He, you get, you're on the restricted minutes, so when you get in there, you want to do something good, and you just kind of get in there, and you're not yourself, and you're not playing well, and I don't think Trevor has looked like himself now for at least a couple of games. My, uh, the long guy showed up. It's probably what you hear in the background. They're doing, doing good. It's springtime. You know, grass is growing. Got to get the hedges trimmed. All that kind of fun it stuff. It actually just know. sounds like a fan on my end. <laughs> well, Good. I'm glad that's uh, that's it. All right, so um, we'll go uh, we'll go here because we know what this we know what the Elite Eight matchup is going to be uh, with um, with Arkansas moving on, and I guess Arkansas is similar to Texas Tech, and I guess the question the question that I have for Duke going forward, and I don't think I'm off base in wondering this, you know, to shoot seventy percent in the second half, right? To to make your all field goals down the stretch in the last yeah. eight minutes of the game. I'm not saying it's not sustainable. It's just, I'm curious if Duke can dig down again and do that against a similar defensive team. Cause we know that Duke's biggest problem throughout the year has been consistent enough offense. It gets back to your Trevor Keels point. Right. And I'll be really curious to see if they can do it again against an Arkansas team that might have, uh, a better offensive output than what we've seen out of Texas Tech. Because that's been the biggest issue for Texas Tech. I know you pointed this out in your GIF previews. I know you talked about it on with us uh, on the show yesterday, where as good as Texas Tech is defensively, offense has been their biggest problem. Um, I'm curious to see if Arkansas might be a little bit of a different X factor there. Yeah, it could be. I, I mean, I said it. like, And you could see it at times during the game when they were when they were in a half-court offense. It just wasn't, it wasn't the best. Let's mm -hmm. be real was not good um and you know and you kept thinking when duke was missing every shot early on or when duke would go cold for stretches you were like you probably want to build your lead a little more y'all but they just couldn't because they weren't good enough offensively yeah they, they are similar teams and that arkansas is aggressive and they want to force you into turnovers and missed shots and they are not afraid i mean we saw that last night they were they had gonzaga shook you yes. know and, and i think That'll certainly be interesting to see, too. Um, I mean, I think Duke probably likes a lot of matchups they have in that game. <laughs> I don't think they were too sad to see the Zags going home. Probably not, no. Um, but at the same time, you know, yeah, I think regardless of what happens, like if Duke comes out and they play like they've been playing, I think it should be fine because 
they have the the advantages that they need on paper, but we saw Arkansas just sort of set the paper on fire yesterday. So who knows? Well, that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the ACC Panic Room. We got another late one tonight with uh, with North Carolina and UCLA. I I was shocked I stayed up last night for uh, for the Duke game. We'll see if I can do it again. I'm going to stay caffeinated, Brownlow. Stay caffeinated. That's what I'm trying to do already. Yeah. Yeah. Well. There's always four loco. There's always four loco. I might have to hit that tonight. We'll see. Who knows? Who knows what I'll tweet on the four loco? <laughs> All right. Well, that's gonna wrap it up for this edition of the ACC Panic Group. We'll see you after the Carolina UCLA game. <laughs>